Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Pidor. It is, as of this moment, March 25th, 2022, 5.19 Eastern Time. We did it again. We, we absolutely did it again. Another week has gone by. Episode 27 is what you're listening to right now of the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast or the FSOF podcast, whichever you prefer. Another week has come. Another week has gone. And honestly, we're actually almost a third of the way through this year, which I don't know about you. To me, that's kind of scary just because the past three months have just flashed on by and the amount that I've wanted to do, the amount that I've been urging myself to be able to do the things that I wish to have accomplished or to have going for myself. Yeah, it's, it's definitely super, super slow. And that's unfortunate, but at the same time, I get it. Life is unfortunate uh, with its timing, with its pacing, and also with its fun little surprises here and there, which both my roommate and I have experienced this past week. But we'll dive into that sooner or later. Despite the fact that this, these, these months, this year has been, well, it's been, for lack of a better word, just odd, I guess would be the choice word that I would say is odd, just because we were hoping for so much more. Not only from ourselves, where we live, but uh, just the world in general. And just how life seems to, um, like I said, have those fun little surprises, which are not fun, not little, and they actually still may be surprises. So, despite all of that, despite those those hiccups, those bumps in the roads, those unlucky events, those unfortunate events of life. It's, it's not all doom and gloom. It is just setbacks. Maybe not at this moment in time. It seems like it's going to be beneficial, but life also has a way of essentially being forgiving in the long run. And we have to just, we have to wait for that. And I hate that. I am a very impatient person when it comes to waiting for results. When it comes to waiting for things to get better. I am extremely impatient for that. But at the same time, there is absolutely no choice that we have where we can progress time. Time is beyond our control. We simply live and sift through it as it sees fit. So... While we are sifting and waiting for those better things and those better times to come to us, we have no choice but to make the best of what we have. Try to think logically to the best of our ability, and I know that is easier said than done, because our emotions certainly wish to flood and surge through us and control us almost. To think purely with emotion, you will... I, in my experience, I must clarify, 
It entraps you. I feel that it has entrapped me many times of just living in that emotional bubble and not making any progress. It isn't until I start thinking logically and I start actually thinking about how to solve my problems is when progress is actually made. Now, of course, I'm not saying ignore those emotions. They are valid. You are feeling those. We are human. We make mistakes. We are full of errors. And those emotions come through us. We need to recognize and accept those emotions. But also don't dwell in them too much because you will stand still for a while. Again, based on my experience. So, whatever you may be going through right now, whatever hindrances, whatever professional development which may be lingering more than what you'd want, I understand. Not directly to your situation, but I understand how frustrating that must be. And with patience, with time, and with hard work, and guiding yourself to where you want to go with your life. You will make it happen. And even at this moment, you may be able to look at, back at it five, ten years from now. And be like, yeah, I was there. But now I am here. And I, who knows, maybe you'll think this moment. Be like, yes, this is what drove me to be where I am right now. And I'm much better off. I hope that is the case for you. I hope your week has been good. I hope your week has treated you well. And if it hasn't, I am sorry for that. And I hope that you are able to overcome, persevere, and be better off. Okay? Okay. With that said, as always, I commemorate this podcast, this episode, with a shot. Here's to you. Here's to me. And here's to episode ooh, 27 of the Frankly Speaking on Friday's podcast. So, cheers. So, let us get to the weekly update, shall we? This past week has been rather interesting for me. And I say that because it's the truth. I actually had um, <clears throat> this past yesterday, on the 24th, I actually had a phone interview, which went rather well to the point where I'm having a follow-up interview where I will go to this potential place of employment and have a in-person interview. Excuse me. Meet the staff, meet the boss, things of that nature. In addition to that, um, I guess I need to separate these things with like good and bad or <clears throat> something of that nature. Potentially. We'll see. But what has happened is the uh, not, not the podcast. The, the interview went well, obviously. The thing is, is that despite it going well, it is for a insurance company. I'm not going to say which. That is not my right 
in which to do so. Plus, I'm sure it has some sort of copyright or damn it, I don't, whatever. It's for an insurance company. And I have very mixed feelings about that. Because what they're offering me is stability and a guaranteed paycheck if I am to be hired and get the work. Which is great, which is fine, because... As of right now, other than streaming in this podcast and picking up some voiceover stuff here and there, and when I say some, I mean scarce, because despite me doing what I can with Pedora Studios, uh, not many people seem to find the need for a narrator or for a voice actor, and if they do... I don't know exactly if they would be okay with my fees. Which I feel that I'm pretty generous to. So of course, as I may or may not have mentioned previously, what I have been doing to substitute for income is door dashing. And door dashing, yes, you can make quite a bit of money out of it. Absolutely. A couple of nights ago, three nights ago, I believe it was, I made $100 in one day. Just doing nothing but door dashing in the morning, a little bit into the afternoon. And then that evening, I think I did maybe about six hours of work, got a hundred bucks. That's cool, but it's not guaranteed and it provides no benefits. And that's where I have the problem, which of course I understand that DoorDash is just designed for the sake of some quick cash here and there. But to make it a full-time job, a full-time career, it does have its benefits, without a doubt, but also has its faults as well. So, weighing my options and, you know, I would rather have this desk job in a field which I'm not too big of a fan about. The insurance is interesting by itself, but I, um, <clears throat> I guess I, it would left a sour taste in my mind with the previous company that I worked for, which was entirely 100%, uh, commission base payment. And also I had to pay for my own leads rather than having them be provided to me. And something that my roommate and I were talking about concerning this previous insurance job is exactly that. Throughout the entire training session, throughout our entire licensing, which again, we are licensed insurance brokers in health and in, in life. Health and life, yes. And people don't even know the extent that life insurance can actually have and how you can manipulate these policies to benefit you. Quite a lot, actually. So, I think the first company that I worked for for insurance left a very soured taste in my mouth. And as a result of that, it left a very... Well, I guess um, the potential joy which could have been found within insurance, left me as a result. So I'm skeptical, absolutely, going into a 
office job, which I've never had before. I'm skeptical going back into insurance because of the previous company, which I had. And uh, <clears throat> I guess um, considering that it would be like a 9 to 5.30 job, I guess maybe leaves a little bit more, but I have to think of the situation that I'm in right now, and I have to think about what I need to do, which is I feel best for myself. And luckily with me, if, if, if this job is offered to me, because there's two of them which I am being considered for, whichever one I will still be able to do, begrudgingly perhaps, but at least it will provide a constant stable income with potential benefits, and it will still leave room within my schedule to be able to to stream, to do this podcast, to do all the side endeavors which I wish to do, including my the talent agency which represents me and the auditions which will be coming up. <clears throat> when is my next audition? Ooh, eight days away from my next audition. We'll see if I get placed in a nationally ranked agency after this one. The monologue I've been preparing is, I feel pretty good. It's coming along. It's a comedy. And you might think, how does a voice like you do comedy? I can guarantee you that I was actually casted as a van years ago. In the play Donksy's God, Confessions of a Teenage Blockhead by Bert V. Royal, I was the comedic relief. And I think I did rather well. I mean, I... Oh, sorry, keyboard. I know I did rather well. Because, surprisingly, one of the executive producers of that theater company was actually my old economics teacher from high school. And he came to watch, you know, Tech Week. For those of you who don't know what Tech Week is, it is just running the show over and over again Full force, lights down, lines and blocking, memorize, you hash out all those small, minute details. He was there throughout that entire week. And he said to me, and I remember this very vividly, uh, I think it was our last, no, it was in the middle of all the shows that we were doing for, uh, for this, for this uh, play. He came up to me and he said, Frank, you know, I know your lines and I know your tangents that you do with this character, but every single time that you do them, you alter it ever so slightly. And I just keep laughing, even though I, even though I know the punchline. So I know I can do this and that it's just building that confidence. So... We'll see how this insurance job goes. At least I'll be able to balance the majority of the side endeavors which I have for myself. Not all, unfortunately, but it has come to the point where almost desperity is coming through. And we have to do what's best for ourselves. And as of right now, finances are needed. So here we are. 
other than that, other than dashing, other than streaming, getting back into streaming, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better about myself. As I explained last week, that was not necessarily the case. This week, I feel good. I've been doing my streaming. I have been waking up on time. I've been feeding the gatos. I've been... I've been... But, and this is the segue into the actual podcast, into actually what I wish to speak of. Let's talk about something, um, something which is personal, something which is everywhere, and something which, um, which is scary, not only to be the person, but to, to be watching the person. And I've pulled up some articles, as I've always done within these podcasts, but, um, it, um, like I said, it's personal. And the reason why I thought of this, like, you may think this is well-structured, but if you're a common listener of this podcast, you know it's not. <laughs> I, and it's, I'm a one-man team. I have suggestions coming from my roommate every so often, but it's it's literally just me coming up with these things in which to talk about, searching and finding these articles. Last stream, our uh, last podcast was great because last podcast two pod podcasts ago, I don't remember the one about Minecraft and Mojang and Microsoft. That one was great just because it was well-structured because I was able to create a plan, create a personal experience, and do so. All through the suggestion of my roommate, Queen Shelbyst. This one I literally thought of right before going live. And I had some other ideas in mind of, you know, what to, uh, what to do, what to say. And, um... And some of the articles that I pulled up, that I'm like, well, maybe it'll just be a shorter podcast. Maybe I'll talk about, um, uh, you know, Tom Cruise coming into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe I'll talk about, you know, China uh, scrubbing out a lot of films that Keanu Reeves has done because of his support. Maybe I'll talk about the rumor of the uh, Banjo-Kazooie, the Perfect Dark, and the Paper Mario all maybe being ported. To PC. Maybe. You know, I've decided on instead, because it has recently come up, is I'm going to talk about alcohol. I'm going to talk about alcoholism. I'm going to talk about finding those signs as to if you or someone else you know are potentially... Uh, experiencing that or seeing that unfold within uh, real time within someone you know and why it's personal is because well alcohol and I are no strangers right off the bat I will admit that I remember the first time that I had alcohol I also know that within my gene pool Alcoholism runs on both sides of the family. And the problem that I find to have with alcohol is that a lot of people, when they're drinking alcohol, 
they will get to a number of drinks and their body is basically telling them, hey, whoa, this is happening to you. Calm down. Stop drinking because holy crap. If you have one more, this is going to happen to you. Yeah, that's, that's not the case with me. That little voice, that feeling of woe does not exist with me. I will have a drink and then I'll have another drink. And when I get to about three or four where people are starting to feel tipsy and they're like, okay, this is what you're feeling. Slow down, maybe. That's not the case with me. The case with me is, oh, you can take another one. Ah, oh, you can take another one. Oh, go get another one. Ah, oh, you're fine. Ah, oh, you're fine. To the point then, I'm 10 to 13 drinks in. And that voice is still saying, you're fine. That is the difference. So, what I want to talk about, because this has been brought to my attention recently... is the signs that you might have a problem with alcohol. And I have three articles with it, uh, in front of me. And uh, we're going to read them. We're going to go through them. We're going to identify the warning signs of alcoholism. And then we're going to, um, in those times of true disparity... Whether you identify it or someone else may identify it for you, who you can call, who can you contact. Even if you're in a depressive, drunken stupor, like I have been in many times, unfortunately. Uh, because, you know, two years ago, hell, even a year and a half ago now, uh, I was I was a, quite a wreck. I was depressed. I was... Drinking during the day, I was, you know, half drunk, if not fully drunk, uh, by the time that my roommate came home from her job. And she was, she was becoming afraid because she had no idea who, who she was going to be coming home to. Hell, she did, she was so worried to the point that she didn't even know if she would come home from work, either on her lunch break or after her shift, and find her roommate just passed out on the floor, either dead or just so intoxicated. And that's a scary thought, not only on her end, but to be in that position where you're using alcohol as a numbing agent rather than confronting your problems head on. That's where it gets scary. And that's my experience. That's... I. When I do this, I always, always speak from my experience because I'm an expert on my life, but I cannot be an expert on alcohol, alcoholism, signs of it, which is why I have these articles. It's just validity. That's all these articles provide for me. And also content, a little bit of content. But also I like to cite my sources, which is something that I feel that our politicians really, really need to do whenever they have debates or anything of that nature. So, with that said, like, I can tell stories, I can tell a lot of stories 
about my abuse to alcohol, not only recently, but, um, I, I have a therapist that I see twice a week and I was talking to him about this. I'm like, you know, I've recently identified the fact that, um, whenever I have like relationship or deep emotional troubles, I don't confront it head on. I drown myself in alcohol because I don't want to confront those problems. I'd rather numb myself of those emotions and move on with my life. And that's not healthy. That's not good. So. And it's been a repeated pattern for over a decade now. I remember the first time that I used alcohol in which to numb myself. It may have been when I was 16. Because, uh, 16, 17, because that's when I was dating for the first time uh, a woman of a serious relationship. Yeah, it's high school. I understand that. But it was the first prolonged relationship that I had in my life. But I remember very specifically when I was 18 or 19, I got into a very serious argument with my girlfriend at the time. She was debating on breaking up with me and I was vouching for our relationship. I don't remember the specific circumstances. That was, that was like 12 years ago. So allow me that liberty at least. But I remember just staying up all night drinking brandy and watching Deadwood, pirated Deadwood, just because I was so upset about the fact. And it's not a good way, that's not a healthy way in which to do so. And that's just been a repeated pattern for me. Again, not healthy, not good whatsoever. So, let us look at signs that you might have a problem with alcohol. The first article that we have comes from webmd.com. Oh God, webmd, what the hell am I doing? Webmd, I thought I got it from the Mayo Clinic. No, I don't want webmd. I don't want them to tell me that I have cancer. Uh, let's see, let me, Mayo Clinic alcoholism. There we go. Much more reputable. So sorry about that. I... Huh. Uh, anyway. The Mayo Clinic. Dot org. Alcohol use disorder. So, symptoms and causes. Uh, it doesn't... This isn't going to be like a typical usual where I give like the date that it was published or the author... I don't see that here at all. So we're just, we're just, we're just going to read. So overall, alcohol use disorder, which includes a level that's sometimes called alcoholism, is a pattern of alcohol use that involves problem controlling your drinking, being preoccupied with alcohol, continuing to use alcohol even when causes problems, having to drink more to get the same effect, or having withdrawal symptoms when you rapidly decrease or stop drinking. Unhealthy alcohol use includes any alcohol use that puts your health or safety at risk or causes other alcohol 
related problems. It also includes binge drinking, a pattern of drinking where a male consumes five or more drinks within two hours or a female downs at least four drinks within two hours. Binge drinking causes significant health and safety risks. If your pattern of drinking results in repetitive, significant distress and problems functioning in your daily life, you likely have alcohol use disorder. It can range from mild to severe. However, even a mild disorder can escalate and lead to serious problems, so early treatment is important. Symptoms. Alcohol use disorder can be mild, moderate, or severe, based on the number of symptoms you experience. Signs and symptoms may include being unable to limit the amount of alcohol you drink, wanting to cut down on how much you drink, or making unsuccessful attempts to do so, spending a lot of time drinking, getting alcohol, or recovering from alcohol use, feeling a strong craving or urge to drink alcohol, failing to fulfill major obligations at work, school, or home due to repeated alcohol use, continuing to drink alcohol even though you know it's causing physical, social, or interpersonal problems, giving up or reducing social and work activities and hobbies, using alcohol in situations where it's not safe, such as when driving or swimming, developing a tolerance to alcohol so you need more to feel its effect, or you have a reduced effect from the same amount, experiencing withdrawal symptoms, such as nausea, sweating, and shaking, when you don't drink or drinking to avoid these symptoms. Alcohol use disorder can include periods of alcohol intoxication and symptoms of withdrawal, and it defines them. Alcohol intoxication results as the amount of alcohol in your bloodstream increases. The higher the blood alcohol concentration is, the more impaired you become. Alcohol intoxication causes behavioral problems and mental changes. These may include inappropriate behavior, Unstable moods, impaired judgment, slurred speech, impaired attention or memory, and poor coordination. You can also have periods called blackouts, where you don't remember events. Very high blood alcohol levels can lead to coma or even death. Alcohol withdrawal can occur when alcohol use has been heavy and prolonged and is then stopped or greatly reduced. It can occur within several hours to four or five days later. Signs and symptoms include sweating, rapid heartbeat, hand tremors, problems sleeping, nausea and vomiting, hallucinations, restlessness, and agitation, anxiety, and occasional seizures. Symptoms can be severe enough to impair your ability to function at work or in... <coughs> Excuse me. Or in social situations. What is considered one drink? The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism defines one standard drink as any of these. 12 ounces or 355 milliliters of regular beer, about 5% alcohol. 8 to 9 ounces or 237-266 milliliters of malt liquor, about 7% alcohol. 5 ounces or 148 milliliters of unfortified wine about 12% alcohol, and 1.5 ounces or 44 milliliters of 80-proof hard liquor, about 40% alcohol. When to see a doctor. If you feel that uh, you sometimes drink too much alcohol or your drinking is causing problems or your family is concerned about your drinking, 
talk with your doctor. Other ways to get help include talking with a mental health uh, professional or seeking help from a support group such as Alcoholics Anonymous or a similar type of self-help group. Because denial is common, you may not feel like you have a problem with drinking. You might not recognize how much you drink or how many problems in your life are related to alcohol use. Listen to relatives, friends, or co-workers when they ask you to examine your drinking habits or to seek help. Consider talking with someone who has had a problem drinking but has stopped. If your loved one needs help, Many people with alcohol use disorder hesitate to get treatment because they don't recognize they have a problem. An intervention from loved ones can help some people recognize and accept that they need professional help. If you're concerned about someone who drinks too much, ask a professional experience, uh, ask a professional experienced in alcohol treatment for advice on how to approach that person. So the causes, genetic Psychological, social, and environmental factors can impact how drinking alcohol affects your body and behavior. Theory suggests that for certain people, drinking has a different and stronger impact that can lead to alcohol use disorder. Over time, drinking too much alcohol may change the normal, functional, uh, normal function of the areas of your brain associated with the experience of pleasure, judgment, and the ability to ex uh, exercise control over your behavior. This may result in craving alcohol to try to restore good feelings or reduce negative ones. Which again, reducing negative ones is me right here. <clears throat> the risk factors. We're about halfway through, y'all. So, keep on trucking through. Keep on listening. Alcohol use may begin in the teens, but alcohol use disorders occurs more frequently in the 20s and 30s, though it can start at any age. Steady drinking over time. Drinking too much on a regular basis for an extended period or binge drinking on a regular basis can lead to alcohol-related problems or alcohol use disorder. Starting at an early age, People who begin drinking, especially binge drinking, at an early age are at a higher risk of alcohol use disorder. Family history. The risk of alcohol use disorder is higher for people who have a parent or other close relative who has problems with alcohol. This may be influenced by genetic factors. Yo, raising my hand. Depression and other mental health problems. It's common for people with a mental health dis disorder, such as anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, or bipolar disorder, to have problems with alcohol or other substances. History of trauma. People with a history of emotional or other trauma are at increased risk of alcohol use disorder. Having bariatric Bariatric surgery. Some research studies indicate that having bariatric surgery may increase the risk of developing alcohol use disorder or of relapsing after recovery from alcohol use disorder. Social and cultural factors. Having friends or a close partner who drinks irregularly could increase your risk of alcohol use disorder. The glamorous way that drinking is sometimes portrayed in media also may, uh, may send the message that it's okay to drink too much. For young people, the influence of parents, peers, and other role models can impact this. Complications? 
alcohol depresses your central nervous system. In some people, the initial reaction may be stimulation, but as you continue to drink, you become sedated. Too much alcohol affects your speech, muscle coordination, and vital centers of your brain. A heavy drinking binge may, uh, binge may even cause a life-threatening coma or death. This is of particular concern when you're taking certain medications that also depress the brain's function. Impact on your safety. Ex uh, excessive drinking can reduce your judgment skills and lower inhibitions, leading to poor choices and dangerous situations of behavior, including motor vehicle accidents and other types of accidental injuries, such as drowning, relationship problems, poor performance at work or school, increased likelihood of committing violent crimes or being the victim of a crime, legal problems or problems with employment or finances, problems with other substance use, engaging in risky, unprotected sex, or experiencing sexual abuse or date rape increased risk of attempted or completed suicide. The impact on your health. Drinking too much alcohol on a single occasion or over time can cause health problems, including liver disease. Obviously, that's the first one that normally comes to mind. Having drink, uh, heavy drinking can cause increased fat in the liver. Hepatic, uh, okay. Never mind. I'm going to go with the layman's term. <laughs> uh, fatty liver, inflammation of the liver, and over time, irreversible destruction and scarring of liver tissue, which is cirrhosis. I at least know that one. Digestive problems. Heavy drinking can result in inflammation of the stomach lining, gastritis, as well as stomach and esophageal ulcers. It can also interfere with absorption, absorption of B vitamins and other nutrients. Heavy drinking can damage your pancreas or lead to inflammation of the pancreas. I think my pancreas was removed, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, my appendix was removed. I still have my pancreas. Good job, my pancreas. Heart problems. Excessive drinking will lead to high blood pressure and increases your risk of an enlarged heart. Heart failure or stroke, even a single binge, can cause a serious heart arrhythmia called atrial fibrillation. Diabetes complications. Alcohol interferes with the release of glucose from your liver and can increase the risk of low blood sugar. Hypoglycemia. This is dangerous if you have diabetes and are already taking insulin to lower your blood sugar level. Sexual function and menstruation issues. Excessive drinking can cause erectile dysfunction in men. In women, it can interrupt menstruation. Eye problems. Over time, heavy drinking can cause involuntary rapid eye movement as well as weakness and paralysis of your eye muscles due to a, um, well, actually, I didn't know this at all. Eye problems? That's interesting. Uh, weakness and paralysis of your eye muscles due to uh, deficiency of vitamin B1. <clears throat> Thiamine deficiency can also be associated with other brain changes, such as irreversible dementia if not prompted, uh, promptly treated. <clears throat> 
phlegm, excuse me. Birth defects. Alcohol use during pregnancy may cause miscarriage. It may also cause fatal alcohol syndrome, resulting in giving birth to a child who has physical and developmental problems that last a lifetime. Bone damage. Alcohol may interfere with the production of new bone. This bone loss can lead to thinning bones, osteoporosis, and can increase risk of fractures. Alcohol can also damage bone marrow, which makes blood cells. This can cause a low uh, platelet count. I hope I pronounced that right. Which may result in bruising and bleeding. Neurological complications. Excessive drinking can, uh, can affect your nervous system, causing numbness and pain in your hands and feet, disordered thinking, dementia, and short-term memory loss. Weakened immune system. Uh, excessive alcohol use can make it harder for your body to resist diseases, increasing your risk of various illnesses, especially pneumonia. Increased risk of cancer. Long-term excessive alcohol use has been linked to a higher risk of many cancers, including mouth, throat, liver, esophagus, colon, and breast cancers. Even moderate drinking can increase the risk of breast cancer. Medication and alcohol interactions. Some medications uh, medications interact with alcohol, increasing its toxic effects. Drinking while taking these medications can either increase or decrease their effectiveness or make them dangerous. Prevention. Early intervention can prevent alcohol-related problems in teens. If you are a teenager, be alert to signs and symptoms that may indicate a problem with alcohol, which include loss of Interests in activities and hobbies and impersonal appearance, red eyes, slurred speech, problems with coordination and memory lapses, difficulties or changes in relationships with friends, such as joining a new crowd, declining grades and problems in school, frequent mood changes, and defensive behaviors. Which is kind of difficult, uh, that last one, to identify with a teenager because it's a teenager and they're going through that already so what do you do about that <clears throat> you can help prevent teenage alcohol use by set a good example with your own alcohol use talk openly with your child spend quality time together and become actively involved in your child's life and let your child know what behavior you expect and what the consequences will be if he or she doesn't follow the rules that is all from the Mayo Clinic, which I feel and I know because the Mayo Clinic helped my father with his colon cancer, and he's still alive to this day. I know they are reputable. And considering that I said this would be a shortened streamed uh, just because of, um, yes, this is personal. Yes, this is helpful. The next article that I have that I will post within the descriptions below kind of go through the exact same thing, but just maybe a little more elaborate. What I wish to say, though, is the last thing that I have here is from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. They have a 
24 7 free confidential 365 day a year treatment referral and information service in english and spanish for individuals and families facing mental and or substance use disorders i did not come up with that i'm literally reading their webpage right now they have a their helpline which they talk about um is 1-800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357, also known as the Treatment Referral Routing Service, or TTY 1-800-487-4889 is a confidential, free, 24-hour-a-day, 365-day-a-year information service in English and Spanish for individuals and family members facing mental and or substance use disorders, they repeated themselves, and then I repeated it as well. This service provides referrals to local treatment facilities, support groups, and community-based organizations. Also visit the online treatment locator or send your zip code via text message 435748. Help for you to find help near you. Read more about the Help for You text messaging service. This... I read and I provide not only for you, if you feel that this is a problem, but also for a friend, a family member, a relative, doesn't matter. We all know someone who is either currently or has gone through alcohol abuse or is an alcoholic. And it's a scary thing. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that Actually, not only am I sure, I know that I am on many of those. Um, what I just read with the Mayo Clinic, I know a lot of my behaviors actually reflects this. And it's scary to read because, my goodness, the impact on my health. And I'm trying to make ways to lessen that. And I hope that me admitting such a thing my habits what i do the frequency and the amount in which i drink may also make you not only evaluate your life but also um maybe help someone else so please write down those numbers uh 1-800-662-4357 if you're within the united states and of course uh the text message that they have the text message system or three, five, seven, four, eight in order to be able to find those that will be able to help near you. So alcoholism, alcohol abuse is no joke. I've come face to face with it many times in my life and especially within the past year. And it has been mentioned to me again. So, I hope and plead that you take care of yourself and you do what is best, not only for yourself, but for those around you, because they do care and they are worried about you. So, with that said, this has been the Frankly Speaking on Friday's podcast.
I hope that you're able to take some sort of solace within this, some sort of importance. And if you don't want my word and how I delivered it, I understand that. This is a podcast. But I encourage and recommend to you, and a link which I will provide, is I suggest you to watch the um, Craig Ferguson monologue when he was the host of the Late Late Show here in the United States. It is infamously known as the Britney Spears monologue. I'll link that too. I highly, highly recommend and suggest that you give that monologue a watch. And you listen to his story. And also you wonder and figure out why it's called the Britney Spears monologue. You'll see. Anyway, with that said... Take care of yourselves. This has been the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. Email me at the fsofpodcast at gmail.com where you can put in top uh, suggestions of topics, articles of interest, or just say hello, fsofpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is found on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Boog- uh, Google. <laughs> what if it was called Google? Google Podcasts. Be sure to follow and subscribe to one of those platforms in order to not lose and not be updated on when the next podcast comes out. So thank you very much for listening. Take care of yourselves. I will talk to you next week, which will be my goodness, April 1st. I will talk to you then. And until then, Take care of yourselves and remember to keep practicing. At this point, practice your ability to feel yourself, your emotions, your mind, and if you may have a problem with alcohol. That's what I recommend for everyone who listens to this episode. Okay? All right. Take care, everyone. I'll talk to you next week, and until then, au revoir.